Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk, co-host with me, Chris. You that, Chris? I'm here, James. Chris, what we got going on today? Well, this is special, special. That's okay, right? We got a special day today. We got great guests. Uh, we got former NFL player Anthony Marble. You there, Ant? Yes, I'm here. And you're in trouble today. You're in trouble today. <laughs> 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 we have some fun. And we also have the one and only the prophet. Wait a minute, you there? I'm here, baby. I'm ready to go. Hey, Ant, he said he's the prophet because he, you know, <laughs> can predict all these things. So. Hello, oh, well, okay. Chris. Okay. Well, it's, it's good to, to have. Like I said, we'd like to thank you, Ann, for taking the time. I really, I mean, like I said, be a guest every week. You know, um, the thing about this is, it's like we have fun. You know, worry about you know, just have fun. You know, ain't nobody judging you on your ass or your correction. This is what we just hanging out, right? I, I appreciate you guys time. having me on. And the first round drinks you. on you. <laughs> okay. Okay. You better be careful how if, if if you say yeah because some people drink a little more than others. Well, we started off. I started off. You know, we like to get into you know NFL coming up, but we forgot the um, NBA. But let's go. Let's jump in the NFL. You know, um, and Wayman, Chris, I just don't get it. You know, these teams we're trying to crack down on a lot of people. You know, getting in trouble and you know uh, want to. How they say um, clean up their organization all like that? We have Ezekiel always in trouble, guys. Nothing happened. We know he's a star. I mean, I know when I was in Philly. You know, if one of the guys like ran on them did something, they wouldn't cut them. But Dallas goes and cut this receiver guy, and I mean, he wasn't him in trouble. Why they didn't cut Ezekiel? You want to go first, then? Well, you know, really, you have to look at the situation to where where he was drafted what type of player he is, the things that he's done for the organization. I remember one time when Jimmy Johnson was the coach for the Cowboys, and he said that it's different levels for all the different athletes. So if you're a guy who's a high-round draft pick and you're a guy that brings a lot to the table for the team, they're going to have a little more rope than they're going to have for the other guys. So when you're a guy at the bottom of the roster, you really don't have no room for error. So you're not going to go and cut a guy like, like Ezekiel Elliott but you're most definitely going to go and cut a guy like like Lucky. So a lot of times when you're in a position like that, you just got to be careful, especially when you're a low-round guy, because everything is against you, and you have no room for error. What? Wait a minute. Well, I mean, I, I, I definitely agree uh, with what was just now said. Uh, as a matter of fact, they said that the league is asked uh, – and the owner's name is escaping me now for the Cowboys. But anyways, they've asked him to suspend Ezekiel Elliott because I don't think, you know, the league has been investigating him since he came into the league. They've still not made any move. I don't think they're going to make any move because of the type of player Ezekiel Elliott is. Uh, If I was the Cowboys, I'd definitely be alarmed because he seems like, you know, in the mode of T.O., and, and the guy for the Cleveland Browns, I forget the receiver who can't get out of his own way, ton of talent, but always in trouble. And it, and it seems like Ezekiel Elliott 
is going to fall into that same, you know, pattern of behavior. It's kind of unfortunate because obviously he's a supreme talent, but yeah, you got a guy here who's a low round talent. Uh, they were going to cut him anyway. The Cowboys drafted two players at his position. Uh, he primarily was just a returner, so it's not like he was seeing the field at receiver anyway. So the NFL, the teams, like I said, they can preach all they want about being good people and, and following rules and whatnot, but when it comes down to it, you know, basically the, how important you are, how valuable you are to the league and the franchise weighs more than your conduct. Chris, what do you say? I know you got something good. Oh, you know I do. So, so I'm, I'm actually going to disagree a little bit with what Wayman said about Ezekiel. Everything I've been reading says that he's going to have at least a two-game suspension at the beginning of the season. They're preparing for it. So they, he, he, will be, he will be, you know, have, have that coming up ahead of him. Um, something I actually had, had done some research on Dallas – and former and existing Dallas Cowboy players have said that the spotlight in Dallas is bright and shining on their every move. Jerry Jones has said that their franchise has always been front and center. They articulate and really try to inform the players of the interest and the amount of exposure, the amount of transparency that there is in their lives. They learn that every move is being scrutinized. You know, and knowing this, you know, you think as a professional team, professional player, that you would mind your P's and Q's, but, you know, you get around your, your, your friends, you know, you get around other players or, or people, and you, you're going to do what you're going to do. And, and sometimes your, your past has a way of catching up to you with your future. And I think that's where Ezekiel's at. Well, Ezekiel right. has been getting in trouble since he was at Ohio State. So for him, like I said, he's, he's the type of person, and I'm not talking about a player, it's a, he came into the league being investigated, um, and it's just a continuation on that pattern. I mean, it's not like he got in the league and got fame and got money, and now he's young and, and with all this money and making mistakes. Before he had all this money and fame, he had transferred to different high schools. He had uh, trouble, obviously, there in, at Ohio State. Uh, it's, it's not something that's new for him, and unless he gets some type of help um, in the in the way that Des Bryant did and the Cowboys put a support system in place, I think he's going he's gonna to have major issues. Yeah, and one well, thing uh, let me ask this. to kind of talk you, about you, what Chris has said was... The league, uh, um, basically, in a, you, you went in the league in 2000, right? Yes, Chris. Were you drafted? Chris. Yes. Uh, hold on one second. Um, let me do this. I, I don't know why you even stopped me before, Chris. Um, well, normally we do it at the beginning of the show. I'm sorry, because this, this will go to your question when he's done, Chris. But, uh, Anthony, um, tell everybody about yourself and where you're from and what, you know. Sorry about that. Chris, you should have got oh, it on no problem. Come on. <laughs> I, I was, I was uh, letting I'm, you do your thing. I'm, I'm originally from uh, Beaumont, Texas. Uh, came out of Beaumont Westbrook High School and eventually went to Texas Tech University on, a, on an athletic scholarship where I played football, played a little running back and receiver before I eventually switched over the corner, which uh, a lot of colleges told me that I would be playing eventually. But, you know, having the chance to score touchdowns and get all the glory and all the fame, that kind of was in my head. So going through the recruiting process, Texas Tech was the only school that told me I can play any position I wanted while everyone else was telling me you're going to be a cornerback. 
So right around my third year in college, I switched over to cornerback at Texas Tech. Um, had a pretty good season my junior and senior year and ended up being drafted by the Browns in 2000 in the fifth round. And now uh played in the CFL for eight years. I played for Cleveland uh, just the one year, and then I went to the Texans when they first came in as an expansion team. And then once I left Houston, I played in the uh, CFL for eight years, and then I stopped playing in 2010, and then I got into uh, high school coaching and also doing a lot of speed and agility training with uh, athletes from high school to college and NFL. Before, now, before, you the may know, in, you, before the show, you may end, know my brother. Go ahead, Wayman. Uh, do you remember? Do you remember uh, Bashar Levinson up there? He played for the Argonauts, and uh, I think he yes, ended I with do. the Alouettes. Yeah, hey, he was an awesome return guy. He played corners, right? But his return, right. his return ability was 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 special. Right. No, that was that's my brother. That's my youngest brother. Okay, tell him I said hello because yeah. we most definitely. Oh, I definitely will. A few times. Definitely will. Okay. Hey, uh, before the end of the show, you know, give me information. I get a hold of you and all that. If you like, you know, email and all that because the listeners, you know, you might have some kids okay. out there, you know. But go ahead, yeah, Chris. I no mean, uh, well, 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 Anthony, one thing that you are neglecting to talk about or brag about was when you were in the, the in 2001, you went to play for Barcelona Dragons, which I guess was part of the expansion, right? Because it was the NFL the, Europe? The, the NFL Europe, yes. Yes, and you had, in one game, you had three interceptions, and you returned two of them for a touchdown. Yeah, that actually was a, that was actually a special moment, too. You know, we were, uh, we, were, we were kind of coming in, you know, nobody really didn't know what to expect about the NFL Europe, and once we got there, we realized that, hey, it's a lot of talented players here. So uh, the first game of the season, you know, I kind of had a great game coming out of the gate, had three interceptions, uh, returned to him for touchdown. I think it was maybe like 70 yards and 80 yards. So it was a really, it was a great experience for me being in Europe for one. But the most important thing was I got a chance to kind of, kind of step back and kind of, cause when I came out of college, you know, you're so excited about being drafted. You live in a fast life. NFL Europe, it slowed me down. It kind of gave me a chance to find myself as a, as a young athlete and a player, and it kind of put me on the path. So NFL Europe was really a blessing to me. What we got to do, we got to take a break. We'll come out with a bit more of that. And then, um, damn, you and Wayman got something in common, both of y'all DBs, and I probably will yep. throw y'all asses up on the field being a receiver. But <laughs> we'll talk about that. One. <laughs> we'll take a break. We'll be right back. This is James, Chris, F, and the Prophet Wayman. Right back. <laughs> Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. 
Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is Jack Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk, co-host, and Chris, you there? I'm here, James. Chris, I always start a little fire. So what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go to the store to get my cleats out because um, and some women talking some smack. You know. Yeah, we'll they my, are. They're ready. Get my run that post corner route on them. You know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, go ahead, go ahead. I keep my I keep my cleats in the vehicle, man. <laughs> well, you keep them with you at all times. Wow, all you're, time. you're, you're always ready. So many kids that that work out and and they always want to call me out. So I'm okay. going to have to put all a few, a few reps on them. Did I say the closet or say my trunk? I think I said my trunk. I might have misunderstood. Yeah, yeah. Well, go ahead, I think go ahead Chris, the ask questions. So, okay. The, the question I was trying to ask a little earlier was, Anthony, and, and then Wayman, you can also talk about, talk about this too, but we were talking about what's going on with Ezekiel, and you know that when he first got in, that he was, he, you know, all the, all the freshmen, all the beginning players, rookies, they're talked to. They're told, you know, what to look out for, what they should do and shouldn't do. You know, and I know, you know, when James went in 88, that was a while back, and, and they, they had some discussion, but I'm sure they found, fine-tuned it when you were there in 2000. Is that correct, Anthony? Yes, they did. And, and what, what, I mean, did they really just hammer it down, you know, saying, hey, this is what you've got to watch out for? They actually gave us, it was a step-by-step process that they gave us from financial stability to, uh, you know, things off the field. And, and each segment had a guest speaker. I think the, the year that I was there, I think Ronnie Lott and Chris Carter ended up speaking on some of the financial things and the off-the-field things. Mm-hmm. And just to kind of also piggyback on what you talked about earlier with, with Elliot, being in Houston where I live now, you know, the Cowboy brand is so large and so big, it's most definitely a spotlight on those guys. And those are the guys that really, really need to pay attention when we're in that rookie symposium and they're giving all that information because some guys, it really don't pertain to. But those big guys like Elliot, he's one of the people that probably should have been front and center paying attention to what was going on because the brand of the Cowboys is so large. It's very... It's very, uh, it's very big out here in Texas. You know, even though the Texans are here in Houston, most of the fans on football fans are Cowboy fans here in Houston. They used to be America's team. Used to be. Anyway, Wayman, what, what, what do you have to say about what's going on down there? Basically, when, being, being a new, new player in the league. 
You know, and, and, and like I said before, and I'll just reiterate the point, for a person like him, it doesn't matter. You know, you saw what he did on the balcony with the one female, um, getting yeah, into older, altercations older shirt, and bars. Yeah. You, can, you can definitely, he knows who he is. Uh, he's been a star player at one of the biggest universities um, in the country. He, he was a star recruit coming in, so he's always been that big fish. And, and in Dallas, it's a big pond. But he, he's a big fish in a small pond. He goes to Ohio State. The pond gets bigger. Um, it, it's biggest of all now in Dallas. He has some of the top-selling gear in the league. Anywhere he goes, um, he's recognized, and they know who he is. He knows who he is. He doesn't care, or he does not get it. I mean, it, you know, and, and, and not to liken him to O.J., but you the spotlight is on you. The spotlight has been on you, um, at some point you either recognize and change your behavior uh, and, and stay out of trouble, or you don't. And if it, if it continues, he's going to wash out of the league. He could be Joe Blow. And, and, and the point that was made about the guy who Dallas cut, he's in Virginia. Well, he wasn't in Virginia, but supposedly he had done something in Virginia, find out about it, and he's cut instantly. So if, if someone like that, gets filtered through the news, um, gets back to your team, is national news, how quickly is Ezekiel Elliott going to be in trouble? Because everybody has their cameras out. Everybody knows who he is. The minute he goes out and goes to the bar, the minute he goes shopping, the minute he does anything. And, and if he can't handle it, if he can't stay out of trouble, I just don't think he's going to last very long. What right, have you heard about right. Dak Prescott? You heard anything about Dak Prescott this offseason? Dak Prescott putting somebody's, uh, shirt down or getting in fights in bars or anything else. I mean, it just shows you where your focus is and, and, and where your attention to detail is. Chris, I want to agree with Wayman on that because uh, he's right. I mean, you know. And the second thing with what you said, and you brought up a name, and the reason why I got my start at Philly is because of Chris Carter. They shipped Chris out of there because, you know, he was always in trouble, you know, and I live with Chris. And Buddy wasn't playing that, you know, back then, you know. And the coaches weren't playing that. Nowadays, it seems like these coaches are only baby these guys, you know, and let them get away with, you know, the star players. I mean, Buddy didn't care what Chris did, you know. And you hear Chris talk about him. Buddy saved his life, cutting him, you know. So I think nowadays, you know, we letting these guys get away with too much. We couldn't do that. I mean, look at Zeke and all the trouble he keep getting in and all that. Come on. What is, you can't do that at a regular job, right? Am I wrong or right, guys? I'd be, no, I'd right. be out of this place and so one quickly. One thing that I think also, I think Jerry Jones needs to set an example with with a, with a higher-ranking player and not use one of the low-level players because that's not setting an example. Because once you set an example with one of the marquee players, then now, now the other guys are going to see. You know, just like, I haven't seen Bill Belichick actually suspend one of his older players, one of his great players, but the thing is, though, those guys understand what it's all about and the standard of what they have going on, so they don't put themselves in that type of situation. To where now, I think Bill Jones, he needs to make an example probably of one of the, one of the star guys so everybody else can get the picture. And, and no, I think you're right, wrong but with Jerry that. Jones is not going to do that. Look at, look at what Des, you know, Des Bryant has been, and, and and I think Des, for the most part, and I don't want to talk bad on anybody, but he's he's reformed himself. He's for the for the most part, 
kept his nose clean. But I remember when, you know, he was accused of beating up his own mom um, and, 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 and owing jewelry stores money. And, and Jerry Jones, you know, as long as you can perform on the field in Dallas, they can care less. Um, I remember that, you know, they had that player kill another player accidentally. I think he got charged with, with manslaughter or whatnot or, or involuntary manslaughter. But it just seems like the Cowboys especially, and, and, and obviously that comes from the top down, you courted Johnny Manziel, and, and that's the one place that you keep hearing if he does make an, a reappearance back in the league, might be open to accepting him. It seems like Jerry Jones, his primary motivation and focus, and, and we know that, is to win a championship, and he doesn't care about the other stuff as long as you can perform on that field. What you do off the field uh, is mitigated by what you can do on it. Yeah, <laughs> it's all about winning. And, and Bill Belichick, you remember when he cut Randy Moss midseason? When Randy, Mo- I mean, he, he if you say something against, and I'm not, I'm not saying I agree with Belichick either. Um, he ships people off. You're disgruntled. You want to talk bad in the media. Uh, you do something, miss practice. You remember that one running back that missed the practice? Uh, he never suited up again for New England. So th- there's definitely some different ways people manage their team. And in New England, like you said, going there, you know, if you're in trouble, your name pops up, you know you're going to be on the next thing smoking. In Dallas, this business as usual, unless you're a player that wasn't going to make the team anyway. And sure, they'll cut you then, but Ezekiel Elliott's not going anywhere. And the guy in New England who you're talking about, the running back, he had just rushed for over 200 yards the game before. And then he ended right. up being late for a meeting because he overslept. And he got cut. That's right. it. You know, it's just a, this night and day what's going on. Let, let me ask you guys this. I know Chris got a bunch of questions, but let me ask you guys this. Do you think our league just changed towards the players now? Or, you know, because I know back, I mean, shoot, like I said, when I was there, y'all, you know, when you was at 2000, you know, and I mean, it was different. You didn't want to mess up. I don't care who you were. You didn't want to mess up on the field. I know um, just keep using Buddy. Buddy's like, hey, you make a mistake, you make it twice, you shouldn't make it. You out of here. I don't care who you are, you know? So you guys, do you guys think it just changed to where a person like me that I drafted coming on and I just got no chance if I mess up? You guys think that? Who wants to go first? Well, Most definitely, I think uh, if you look at certain situations now, I think because the job now is so cutthroat, if you look at the guys who are in charge now, they want to make sure that they have their top guys every week. So they're letting the guys get away with more and more stuff because they feel like, okay, if I don't get this win this week, then my job as a head coach is in jeopardy. And it just kind of trickles down. And then now certain guys, they kind of – just take the Antonio Brown situation when he was in the locker room and he ended up filming Coach Tomlin making a speech which supposed to be private amongst the team. No way right. he should get away with something like that. Right. But look what happened. Right. He gets a brand new right. contract off of that. Right. Yeah, and and it, it just perpetuates it. I mean, you can you can take it from there and go to Odell Beckham. You know, right before your playoff game on on a boat. Um, it's definitely a, a, a player driven league, and I understand the players want to because the NFL is different. And the NFL doesn't let you market yourself, and you got a helmet on, and so so all these people want to want to put their brand out there. 
um, which I don't, which I don't mind. I mean, it's a business, and you should be able to profit off of yourself. But at the same time, like Anthony said, I mean, um, these owners, these coaches know that to keep their jobs, to generate the type of income and billions that they're generating, they have to have personalities and star players and sell jerseys. And, you know, that's why you name me any other profession that Johnny Manziel could have committed. The type, I mean, coming to practice drunk, not showing up for practice or even games, and, 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 and we're still talking about, Maybe he can come back in the league. Well, the only reason why he stayed is because his jersey was the top-selling jersey in the league at the time. You're generating fan interest. People are coming to the games. And so Cleveland didn't have a very good product on the field, but they had people in the stands, and that's what it comes down to. Yeah, Johnny Menzel, was, we, we, we've, talked, we've talked him to death, but he was, he was a disgrace. <laughs> he really was a disgrace. You know, thank goodness it was Texas A&M he went to. Isn't that right, Anthony? President <laughs> Texas Tech. Exactly, exactly. The Aggies can keep that. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a big difference in those schools. But, yeah, I mean, he was, he's, yes? Listen to what you said. He was a disgrace. But, you know, we talked about this when we were getting stuff for the show, but he's only a disgrace of what they allowed him to do. Am I right, guys? They allowed Johnny to come because what he was doing in college, he was a moneymaker for ticket sales. These teams do that because they won't sell tickets, Chris. I know you stand by the script, but they won't sell tickets. You guys agree with that? Wayman and I totally agree. Yeah, and for a franchise like Cleveland, you know, um, even though I think they have a very loyal fan base, don't get me wrong, I mean, people show up for crappy teams in, in cold weather to support Cleveland year after year just to be you know, and no offense, obviously, to the guests that's on, but, um, and, and not that they were back then, but I'm just saying, you know, in these past few years, uh, Cleveland has been a, a, a tough ticket. And so Johnny Manziel um, was able to sell tickets. They were able to generate revenue. Um, and, and it is what it is. But, you know, you got a guy going to Vegas in the middle of the season, you know, not waking up for uh, – I couldn't imagine missing a practice in high school, let alone college, and definitely not when they're paying me to come, and that's my profession. But this is what that guy was doing. Of course, they allowed it, um, and obviously the owner knew about it. And, and, and not until they got Hugh Jackson in there was the final decision made that he was going to be cut because obviously, hopefully, that franchise is going in a different direction. But people trying to keep their jobs and whatnot, that's the type of and, and let's not let's not, you know, get ahead of ourselves. Dallas, if it was up to Jerry Jones, you want to talk about Jerry Jones and Ezekiel Elliott, that's what he wanted. You know, he he, he talks about now how whether it is son or or someone else talked him out of not making that Johnny Manziel pick. But that if it was up to Jerry Jones, all things considered, that's the direction he was going. And let me take a break you know, sometimes more questions. Well, let's take a break and we'll be right back. James, Chris, Anthony, and Wayne, the prophet. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. 
We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports... America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is Jay Love, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. I love it today. Chris, you there? Hello. I am here, James. Chris, I still uh, got to give my cleats. I ain't going to talk about my cleats. I don't feel like doing that both quarters. Maybe I do that, that, that go route. No, we're talking about life, but go ahead, Chris. They don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that. Yeah. Good luck, guys. All right. So what, one thing that, that's been bothering me is is teams – that just won't sign their proven veterans to long-term contracts. You know, they're just given like a one-year contract. For instance, you know, they're looking at Le- Le'Veon Bell, you know, just giving him with, with just a one-year there. And, and, and Wayman, your guy, Kirk Cousins with the Redskins, you know, they did a franchise tag for one year on him. You know, why not lock them down now to a long-term contract? Because eventually they're going to they're gonna lose them probably next year when free agency. What do you guys think? Anthony? Uh, I think the first thing that what teams try to do is, you know, you give them a certain amount of years and you're great. And when it's time for you to actually, you know, get your big contract, it's almost like they wait. They try to wait one more year so you can kind of fall off, so they can kind of lowball you at the amount that they want to lowball you at. Because when guys come in and they perform and they outperform their contract, it's almost like, how dare you ask for a new contract? And even though you've been great in carrying our team, but the moment, the moment your play drops, and then now they're pointing the finger like, we can't pay him back. He's not performing up to where he needs to perform to. So teams are looking for ways to give you the least amount of money, not the most amount of money. And it doesn't matter what your name is. It doesn't matter who you are. They're trying to give you the least amount of money possible. Mm. Um, for me, if, if Le'Veon Bell would have been in the league five, ten years ago, he 
would have actually been safe because it was a running back or more of a running back driven league. You see, when we talked about Antonio Brown got his money already. And, and not that he's a great player and not that he doesn't deserve it, but we have this, this prejudice against running backs in the league right now. We're not going to overpay him. Le'Veon Bell is, is one of the top five players in the NFL right now, and he still cannot get paid. So I, I think both teams. Ultimately, now Pittsburgh is going to make the right move. Le'Veon Bell eventually is going to get his money from Pittsburgh. They're going to franchise him, but you don't want to franchise a running back, even though you're not going to take too much of a hit. The Redskins, on the other hand, are dummy and stupid because they put themselves in a situation where anything they do now, they're going to wind up overpaying Kirk Cousins. So they should have paid him a year or two ago, locked him down, paid him $20 million, and you say, well, that's a lot. For Kirk Cousins or someone, if we don't know they're going to be that great. Well, you look at people who have never started in the league um, or only started for a short period of time, like the the quarterback that left Tampa Bay as a backup, now the starter in Chicago for a few weeks until the rookie starts, but they paid him $15 million a year. So paying Kirk Cousins $20 million a year wouldn't have been so bad, but Kirk Cousins is going to make $25 million a year for some other team next year. The Redskins put themselves in a position where they can't afford to they can't afford to pay him. They can't afford to pay him what he's asking for. Um, and, and they're going to have to start over at quarterback next year. Otherwise, they wind up franchising him for another year and paying him 30-some-odd million dollars a year. You know, I think I said it on this show before, but Kirk Cousins over a three-year period will be the highest-paid player ever in the NFL. He's on stand to make about 90-something million dollars um, with his signing bonus and everything else. Over a three-year period. Be interesting. Yeah, because they hey, keep giving that old franchise tag. That's crazy, you know. Yeah. Yep. All because yep. they want to try to lowball it. That's what they. That's, <laughs> that, their whole angle was to lowball it. But in the end, it kind of worked against them. To where now they're paying them more than they even wanted to pay them before. Oh, so in Pittsburgh, it'll work out. The Redskins is not going to work out because. You, you played that game too long. So while he was still on his rookie contract, which he still is, well, I mean, you've had to franchise him the last two years. You could have paid him a decent amount of money. And quarterbacks, it doesn't matter what level you are. You're making $15, $16, $19, 20000000 million a year. Um, pay the man. Have that part of your team locked up. But you want to play a game. You don't really think he's as good as he is. It's the players around him, whatnot. Well, you should have made a decision then to maybe go in a different direction if you didn't think Kirk Cousins was a was a supreme talent or the talent. But if but if he is and, and you're willing to continue to franchise him, then you should have locked him down, and now you can't. Or you're going to have to wind up paying him $33 million next year, which is ridiculous. And you've already lost Deshaun Jackson, Pierre Garçon, and you have some other players on your team, Reed and some other players that you're going to have to sign next year. Kirk Cousins is not going to be a Redskin next year. Yeah. No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> no, I don't think so. So, what, one of the things that they've that they've been talking about regarding all this, you know, has to do with uh, you know, you, you look at what the NBA is, play, pay, is paying. I know that you know. Yes, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, and you know they're paying exorbitant amount of money for these basketball players. Yes, there's fewer basketball. Pure basketball players versus football, but foot, but the NFL makes so much more money than the NBA, NBA does, and you know 
they're, along the way, they, they have to, they should be, you know, doing something to, to help lock their players down. And it's ridiculous that they're not. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's, it's a different league. And so you look at the different leagues where the NFL, the owners have, you know, when we talked about these players and it, is it a softer league, so sure, it's player-driven, but the owners run the NFL. You have the NFL logo. When Peyton Manning comes on TV for Papa John's, he can't have any Colts or Broncos stuff on. He has a generic, you kind of know he plays for the Colts, but he, without the NFL giving that permission. You see LeBron James, you see LeBron James' face. You see his tattoos. You see him in his Cleveland Cavalier jersey. It's a whole different ballgame. If they trade LeBron, LeBron James in the middle of his contract, Cleveland is still responsible for every single penny. In the NFL, you're only as good as that signing bonus. That's why you hear that signing bonus in effort. You get your signing bonus, and you're playing for one year. I don't care if you have a 20-year contract. They can cut you at the end of that year. They can cut you at the end of the year in Cleveland, too, but you're walking away with all your money. You, you talk about yeah. players in baseball being designated. Okay, you can designate me. You still are going to pay me like uh, Pablo Sandoval. He's going back to the Giants. But the Red Sox still owe him like 80 or $40 million for two or three years. That money doesn't go away. In the NFL, those last three, four, two years of your contract are gone. You're paying, you're paying for that one year unless it's written into your contract and you're playing for that signing bonus. And so it just shows you the leverage that the NFL, as opposed to the other leagues, have. The other leagues are definitely player-driven. You get to see their face. They, they market themselves. But, but beyond a little bit of Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and some local stuff, what NFL player is out there able to market themselves like baseball, like soccer, like basketball players? It's just not the same level. The league makes the money in the NFL. Yes, that is correct. You agree with that, and if you look at if you look at the power, the power that the players in the NBA have, they can do things and say things. If you're in the NFL, you pretty much you have to be silent. And one thing about the players in the NBA, they make all the decisions that they want to make based on the power that they have. In the NFL, the players have no power. Everything is run by the owners. Whereas in the NBA. When they say we want to do this, and then it gets done. Uh, I forgot who I heard say it, though. They said it not too long ago. They said if the NFL players would just band together at the next collective bargaining and miss a few games and see how the owners feel about that, then maybe some things can change and some things to get, can, can get done. Because in the NBA, they don't care. They'll miss a half the season to get what they want. And you've seen it happen before. But in NFL, they won't miss a game because too many guys need those checks. Right. I, I, Anthony, I think you and I kind of read the same article because another thing they were talking about was um, they were talking about the, the NFL, the Players Association, um, where the, that right now it's a union, and they're saying that they got to get rid of a union and make it an association because with the association, there's a lot more power that the players will have then versus a union. The, the coaches want, or the, the owners want to keep it a union because the owners can, can you know, dictate what, what happens. As an association, they can't. Chris, that union is crap. It's only working yeah. for the owners because what they coming in and, and, and giving these players should not be. So that makes it look like they're working with the owners. You agree with that, Al, Weymouth? Exactly. 
Well, I mean, I'm just, you know, the, the NFL, you know, they, the, the owners, the organization, the, the group wields so much, so much power. And, you know, like Anthony was saying, in, in these other leagues, it's definitely player-driven. You know, um, you know, baseball was the, the league ultimately with, with Curtis Floyd or, yeah, Curtis Floyd uh, and, and free agency and whatnot. But the NFL dictates what's going on. Like I said, these owners asked Jerry Jones to suspend Ezekiel Elliott because obviously he probably wields the most power as the owner in the NFL. You're not going to do anything to, to, to uh, you know, kind of ruffle his feathers. And, and the Raiders even being approved had to go through Jerry Jones. It's owner-driven. And these players, you know, I can remember, just to kind of skip around a little bit, but I can remember when the NBA was talking about locking out and they had sent messages to all their players, start saving those checks, start saving that money, and, and, and look who's look who's running um, the NBA's uh, meeting and, and presidents. LeBron James is at the top of that. These people that are prominent and whatnot. You look at the NFL, and, and, and not to disparage anybody, but you don't have the top players. You don't have Tom Brady, you know, fighting against management. Tom Brady is getting his money. He's cool. Other players in the NFL getting in, but the people at the bottom, the people that are struggling and get cut for no reason, even if they're not in town, those are the people struggling, and those are the people that the top players in the NFL won't fight for. LeBron James is at the head of the union or association in the NBA. Kobe Bryant got involved. When the top players like that get involved, it gets everybody else on that team involved, and they can get stuff done. But the NFL, for whatever reason, is not like that. Well, we gotta take our we gotta take our last break. When we come back, we'll finish it out. James, Chris, Aunt Women, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN. The Voice America Talk Radio Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. 
James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk, co-host from the pressure there. I'm here to the bitter end. We got one minute and we got uh, well go on and finish it off because what other things we got on the agenda uh, okay. today? Let's let's talk about RG three. So yesterday he worked out with the Chargers, the LA Chargers, and uh, you know there's there's a good chance that they're going to sign him. What, what what kind of fit do you think he would be with the team, Waylon? You know it, it just to me I, I'm, I was really surprised by I guess. Uh, the degeneration of, of RG3, because when I watched him at Baylor, I, I guess I really wasn't paying attention to whether or not he could read coverage. Um, he could throw the ball. He threw the ball on time. He threw the ball deep. He threw the ball intermediate. Um, and I'm not talking about his running ability. Obviously, after his injuries, he's not the same player as far as his running ability. But RG3 wasn't some person that, uh, had the wind up and everything like Kaepernick, who who couldn't throw the ball. I saw him throw the ball at Baylor very well, so I'm I'm, I'm surprised that 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 he's kind of kind of taken a step back. Um, I'm not really sure in San Diego's offense that that that's the type of backup you need. But then again, Philip Rivers has been there so long. I've not ever gotten any. I've, I've never had the opportunity to see anyone else really play in that position. So I base everything on how I see him. Um, you know, if you're a backup, and it's hard for me not to say San Diego, but if, if, if he's a backup there, that's strictly what he's going to be. I don't ever see him in the field. Phillip Rivers has been one of the NFL's Iron Men. He's always there. I, I, I've never, I can't remember him being hurt or missing any games. It may have happened in his career, but I, I hope RG3 gets a shot. If Dan Orvalowski can get a shot, I hope RG3 can get a shot and, and hopefully continue to develop and be a viable backup, if not in San Diego slash L.A., somewhere else, if he can secure a job this year. But to me, it just doesn't seem like a good fit because when I, when I think of that team, I think Phillip Rivers, and him and Phillip Rivers have completely different skill sets, so it, it's just hard for me to see him being a good fit there. Anthony, what do you think about that, about RG3 uh, playing there? I completely agree with everything that Wayman just said. I, I really, I was a little surprised that San Diego actually uh, brought him in to work out. I didn't, because I don't think that his skill set and Philip Rivers' skill set are the same. So if Philip Rivers goes down, I'm not seeing RG3 being able to run that offense that they're in right now. Uh, I'm happy for him that he gets another chance because there's so many quarterbacks in the league right now that are on rosters and and they're getting check after check. So I'm, I'm glad to see that he's getting another chance. I wish he would have been, you know, I wish he would have did well in Cleveland because I was rooting for him in Cleveland. I wanted him to, to pull through and do some great things for Hugh Jackson. But, you know, sometimes when it's kind of like when a coach like Hugh Jackson can't bring you to where you need to be, you know, it's the writing's kind of on the wall. But I'm happy that he's getting another opportunity. I'm a little shocked that he's in San Diego. You know, I didn't. I don't see his skill set matching with what the skill set of uh, Philip Rivers has. But for the most part, I, I hope he get there and he and he does well. 
Uh, but I don't know that. That's kind of intriguing that San Diego would be a team that would bring him in. You know, I would think it would be more like a team that has a quarterback that that's his skill set more. But you know, best of luck to him, and I hope he does well. Yeah, yeah, but. What other quarterback out there is good enough to back up? I mean, only person left is Kaepernick. They won't sign him, but they signed all these other quarterbacks that's not to all these other teams. So who else out there to San Diego get besides uh, RG3 and or, or um, your boy, what's his name, crazy boy out of Texas, Johnny Menzel. So who else is left out there, really? Think about it. Man, yeah. they're, they're, they're pulling right. people off the street. <laughs> they are pulling people off the street. You know, a lot of times teams get in the situation, they might bring them in for camp and then see what, you know, see who's going to get cut, you know, because all the guys are taken right now. So he might, he might, they might just be using him as a camp body and then get the guy that they want after some rosters clear up and they might eventually try to make a trade, you know, right at the end of camp somehow. But it's just a little intriguing. And they, they got so many people out there at the quarterback position people that are just collecting checks, people that we've forgotten. Like I said, Dan Orlowski just now got signed. I mean, there are so many quarterbacks out there. Um, I think he would be a good fit in in Seattle. Uh, that seems like a place. Uh, I think he would be good with, the, with what the 49ers did last year um, and, and trying to rebuild and bringing in some rookies. Why, why not let RG3 at least get a shot to play in, uh, in San Francisco? Um, I think there are a few teams that he would have been a better fit with in my mind. But, you know, maybe RG3 in that system with Phillip Rivers can learn something and then can take that to the next team. So it may not be the right fit in San Diego slash L.A., but maybe, and I'm hoping he's mature enough now where he can learn and then take that to his next spot. That That's all I'm hoping is that his maturation process continues. Because, yeah, he's never going to start you know, for the L.A. Chargers. Yeah. Two things. Wait a minute. Seattle don't want no competition, so they ain't going to bring him over there with Will Wilson. So that's they don't want our field because he can take his spot. Two. See, but, the, but that's Okay. Uh, would you get to after that? I mean, wait a minute. I want to answer after what. Explain to people what camp body is. What you, okay, you said I, that. Yeah, I, I just want to, I want to say, though, that it, it's surprising to me, and I can understand it, that, that at your quarterback position, it can be detrimental to have someone else there and you feel like you're looking over your shoulder. But everything you hear come out of Seattle, and Richard Sherman just now said it this week about his relationship with Russell Wilson is iron sharpens iron, and they, everything they preach is about competition, but you don't want to bring someone in to, to compete with your quarterback. I, I can understand it yeah. from, from both aspects. You, you talk about you didn't bring Kaepernick in because of, the competition aspect, but ultimately, and we talked about it earlier, if you're trying to win championships, if you're trying to win as many games as possible, I don't necessarily want my starting quarterback looking over his shoulder, but Russell Wilson got the job when they had already signed a quarterback. Who was that they had signed in Seattle? He's a third-round pick, but that same principle, I guess, didn't apply then. You you had a starter. You signed someone in the offseason. You, you saw someone was better when you went through preseason, and that's how Russell Wilson's story started. So why couldn't yeah. you bring in RG3 or Kaepernick or someone else if that's your guiding principle and Pete Carroll likes competition? What's it going to hurt? Okay, guys, I have a quick question for each one of you. Anthony, you're going to get the first one. Do you think the Cleveland Browns are going to do better than 0-16 this coming season? Yes, 
I do think they're going to do better. I think they might win around four or five games possibly. You know, I hope it would be more than that, but I'll give them at least four or five games. All right. Wayman, I've been hearing from, I think, Yahoo said that uh, your, your Redskins are going to be 5-11. and 11. Do you think they're going to be over or under that? There's no way the Redskins wind up 5-11, and 11, especially when they got Philadelphia twice on the schedule. Um, oh. They can beat the Giants. Here we go again. Should okay. Beat, should have beat Dallas. The Redskins offensively and defensively are a better team. And I'll say on paper offensively, but defensively they're definitely a better team. Um, you know, you've got Josh Norman in the system for two years. I definitely see the Redskins right at that 8-8, eight 9-7 eight, mark uh, that they were last year. So no way the Redskins go 5-11. and 11. Unless Kirk Cousins completely goes off the rails, and then it makes sense what they've been saying all along. I'm going to leave that one alone. I'm going to leave it alone. I'm going to leave it alone. No betting. You should leave it alone. You should leave it alone with the sorry Eagles in that damn division. The Eagles ain't going to be nobody but the damn Giants. And maybe if the Cowboys already got the division wrapped up, they might get a a gimme game in there. Wait till it happens. You lucky we got the music in the show. Well, I want to thank you guys. You know, like I said, call in next week. Like to be on. You know, Prophet, we'll be here. Right, Griff? Okay. Absolutely, we'll be thank here. You. Thank you, guys. Thank hey, man, it was, it was nice to talk to you. Um, I'm going to definitely let my brother know I talked to you, and uh, good luck to you out there. And uh, you say you're in Beaumont? I'm in, uh, in, in Houston, Texas. Oh, you're in Houston. Okay. Hey, good luck to you out there, man. Nice to meet you. Uh, thank you. All right. Thanks, Wayman. Thanks, Thanks, Have a good All week, right guys. Now. Thank you. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. 